Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to Wisdom and Wealth, Pathways to a Life of Significance for You and Your Family. I am your moderator, Ryan Ruff. It's great to be back with everyone on the show today, and as always, I'm going to be joined by my right-hand man, who's really the star of this show. That's Mr. Frank Astorino of the Astorino Financial Group, and we're going to be diving into yet another wealth management discussion, as we typically do on this show. And in past episodes, you know, we've taken you know a high-level approach at discussing the charitable intent that lives within all wealth planning efforts. Frank, obviously very, very in the weeds when it comes to charitable intent and charitable planning efforts with his client base, as we've discussed in those past episodes. And we're going to have a really interesting conversation today with a very special guest that's joining us. Today, we have Miss Mary Ellen Salomon, who's going to be joining us. And Mary Ellen sits on the, you know, the board as a trustee for Right on Sports, a charitable organization that not only Mary Ellen serves with, but Frank also sits on the board as as well. So before we set the scene and get into the weeds of the conversation, uh, let's go ahead and bring Frank aboard. Frank, good to see you this morning. How are you doing, sir? It's good to see you too, Ryan and Mary Ellen. It's always a pleasure to find ways to spend time together. Yeah, absolutely. And and Frank, I think a good place to start would be to have you give our audience kind of a high level overview, if you will, on your, you know, your professional relationship, of course, but you also have a personal relationship with Mary Ellen that is very deep rooted in some in some, you know, family values of sorts. Why don't you go ahead and uh, share that with us? Yes, yeah, at a high level view, uh, Mary Ellen and I shared in common a town. We lived in North Caldwell together for many years. I'm still there. And uh, we had we raised our children there, uh, but some of the commonalities that we have, we both adopted our first child, which kind of opened up my eyes to the world and and what else goes on out there. And I became pretty sensitive to children and raising children and how vulnerable that role is. And similarly, Mary Ellen, um, her eldest also uh, was adopted internationally, and. They actually sat together uh, in grammar school together. Uh, while our first initial introduction together was soccer and uh, at one of our town activities and raising them, uh, Mary Ellen was kind enough to allow me to have my son join her team. And that led to other conversations as well. Um, the challenging part or the epic Part of our relationship began on 9-11 and um, that affected all of us. So going from an international adoption experience to uh, one where, you know, the world has changed for most of us, um, you know, we've, we've been together on a professional level because I was there to help define and calculate uh, what was going to be needed for her children. And that story has evolved, uh, very proud of her, uh, what she's done to protect her children. It complements our role with the toolbox of financial resources and also relationships. You know, we've introduced attorneys and accountants and investment people uh, to address those needs. But along the way, uh, I think one of the things that inspired uh, furthering our contact together is giving back. Um, you know, we, we've recognized vulnerability, we've recognized risk, um, and, you know, we're selective about the people that we ask to serve us. Uh, but charity has been an area that we've wanted to work together. We, we did one 
uh, deal together with uh, equestrian therapy, and that got my attention. Uh, she's worked on Good Grief with um, another charitable organization for families in distress. I've worked with families in distress uh, with the bridge and eventually migrated to uh, a concept that is getting at truth and education, reading for particularly um, uh, underserved communities. Um, and that appealed to me on a different level than some of the founders uh, that I feel with media today and journalism, which has really been lowered in the ranks uh, because you know it's really hard to ferry out truth today. And I think that, um, and I'll let Mary Ellen speak for herself, but I think the model that was created at uh, Right on Sports needs to be amplified throughout the country because it actually works. Um, it's not just uh, when I when I supported one of the other charities that you and I are familiar with with um, literacy, I was astounded to hear that in the United States there's like a 63% illiterate uh, level in this country, and there are third world countries that are 96% literate. So children. Um, making an impact, uh, working with a colleague and friend and neighbor um, makes this phase of life more joyful. And I'll turn over the rest to her because she's been brilliant. Um, she's been courageous and she's been a great mom. Uh, I've, I've witnessed a, a tremendous accomplishment of each of her children. No, it's fantastic, Frank. Thank you for sharing that. Let's uh, let's go ahead and turn it over. Mary Ellen, welcome to Wisdom and Wealth. Uh, we're so excited to have you aboard today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, really looking forward to it. And, and Mary Ellen, you have an extremely interesting backstory as to what led you to write on sports, which obviously we're going to discuss in detail here in a moment. But, you know, you're an attorney, a physical therapist as well by trade. You know, Frank mentioned your world was rocked by 9-11. Obviously, a, a culmination of a lot of things led you to being very involved philanthropically and, and putting a lot of your effort and resources towards that. Why don't you share with us kind of, you know, your, your real, um, you know, inclination behind and, and kind of driving force, I should say, of what led you towards being, um, you know, so charitably inclined and, and leaning heavily towards this. Okay. So people are drawn to different careers, of course, and I have always been a helping kind of person and drawn to helping careers. So I was in physical therapy and work with children. Um, while I was a physical therapist, there was a need for better representation for some of the more disabled children. And I decided to go to law school and worked in special education after law school, representing students um, in a time in New Jersey and throughout the country where they were trying to get parity for education for children who were both physically and cognitively challenged as compared to their normal body peers. Um, that was all going great. And then 9-11 hit and my husband unfortunately worked for Cantor Fitzgerald. And I lost him, leaving me with my kids, six, four, and two. And that, while everybody's world changed, changed my outlook 
on what service looks like to me. Because when you have three children who are so gravely and horrifically impacted by hate, just the concept of hate, I felt like being philanthropic, doing good, serving the community was such a better role model to combat that whole concept of this is all the awful that hate could do, but good is better and serving your community is better. And I decided to get involved in that early on and then my passion for it just grew. Because as Frank had said, there's, there's a world of under-resourced people in our country, no mind the world. And I mean, if I could just do my part to bring better to people, I feel like I'm repaying the universe, you know, for, for all the people that supported us and for all the other do-gooders out there. So I, I worked with children in trauma. I worked with children in grief. It led me to um, college access counseling and helping these kids. That led me to the very wide-eyed understanding that there are so many kids that can't write. And they can't write academically, they lose the opportunity to write, to express themselves. So Frank actually introduced me to Write on Sports, which is a writing literacy organization that uses journalism as a method to inspire kids to learn how to write. And that's how we got to this point. I love that. I appreciate you sharing that with us, Mary Ellen. Yeah, I, I mean, we talk a lot on this show about so many different components that lie within wealth management and Frank's day to day and the relationships that he has with his clients and the charitable intent and the charitable giving conversation always comes up in some way, shape or form, because at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's in the name of our show, it's living a, a life of significance, a pathway towards that right. uh, and doing something more, you know, than just uh, just what it is that puts maybe food on the table for your respective family. Let's dive a little bit deeper into Write on Sports. I know you just shared with us. It's a, you know, it's an organization that provides journalistic opportunities for kids to help them learn how to write using sports as kind of the medium for this. Uh, Frank or, or, or Mary Ellen, I'll throw it to either one of you if you'd like to just share a little bit about your personal experience with Write on Sports and why why this organization among a, a you know a multitude that exists out there. I don't mind going first, Marion, but um, yeah, so I've been on several boards. I've always risen to some level of uh, official president, and I always stayed involved until I felt like I could pass the torch. Um, and I wanted to work on organizations that I could make an impact. So a lot of the events that the organizations I've been in, um, you know, they reached a certain threshold and then the charitable part um, is always there, but the actual mechanics of how do you get and raise more money was where I think my gifts and, and skill set came in. And, you know, I have a lot of clients where wealth management, the fourth largest component of it is charitable giving. And I've seen through my career, you know, our administrator has gone from a $10 billion to a $20 billion in, in 10 years 
uh, administrator of uh, philanthropic tools. So taking the passion and the, um, the really the altruism of Mary Ellen and her skills and my professional capability, we feel we could make a difference. And it's just a matter of getting like-minded individuals who want to give, who recognize the need and, um, you know, are accountable, you know, for that mission. And I think this is a worthwhile one. I, I stand very concerned about the future of the next generation. Um, I know there's five generations in the workforce today. And I think the youngest one that represents more than half has to deal with our success or failure at solving these problems. And uh, I, I'm very, very attracted to what Mary Ellen has done already in helping bring it to the next level. That's always the biggest challenge is how do you get people to want to donate money? I can get the tool and show them how and how it benefits their family, um, but I can't tell them what to do with the money or what charities to um, put it in. So this one caught my attention. And Mary Ellen, I'd love to hear your experiences working with Right on Sports and where it's kind of evolved since uh, you know since you became a member of the board and and what it is that your your day to day looks like. Okay, so Right on Sports started about fifteen years ago. Um, Byron Yake, who was an AP journalist in sports, started it when he retired from the AP service as a way to introduce writing to kids where writing isn't necessarily the top of their priority or the top of their curriculum. Um, it was very centered in New Jersey and in kind of North Central New Jersey. And slowly but surely more people got involved in the organization, which helped the organization start to grow. But the growth was very slow because it remained a very small nonprofit organization. And the smaller you are, of course, the more limited your growth is. Um, I came on board because I feel in today's day and age, writing and writing skills are more important than ever. And there are many reasons for that. Um, if you read the papers, the whole discussion of higher education parity is in the headlines. Who gets to have a good college education and who does not? And how do you get there? Um, when you read or look at the news, you see the whole thing about mental health. We have an entire generation of kids whose mental health is struggling more than perhaps our were, ours was at their age, because of all the additional pressures of technology. And lastly, and probably incredibly important right now is this introduction of AI into the world. And if kids do not know how to write for all of those reasons, if they cannot write to express themselves academically, it limits their future in a career. If they cannot express themselves in writing, for self-empowerment reasons, it affects mental health and, and good well-being and self-esteem. If they don't know how to represent themselves in a written word, then a computer is going to do it for them. And then they lose their identity completely and never have the opportunity to express themselves. There are not a lot of nonprofits or any literacy organizations which specifically highlight writing skills. 
And Write on Sports is one that does that. So it started because our founder was in sports, using sports as the theme to interest kids. The limiting factor of that is you only interest kids that are interested in sports. So this year, we are growing. We are taking the organization to the next level. We are adding arts and music as another theme to open the organization and invite more kids in. And we have programs now. I mean, we're mostly centered in New Jersey, but we have programs in Colorado. We just started two new programs in California. We have a program in Indiana. We have a program in Rhode Island. So slowly but surely, this concept of let's take something interesting and, and help it benefit a kid educationally in writing is growing. So I have a legal background in nonprofit administration. I ran a few nonprofits. I've just been overly compensated in nonprofit work in the last 20 years. So when I decided to join this organization, you know, I came to the table with the offer that we're going to take this organization to the next level and thankfully have a very energized executive committee and board of directors who's all on board for that. So we've grown the infrastructure and the administration of the organization pretty dramatically in a year. And I'm hoping that the output of that and the outcome is seeing more programs all over the place. So Frank and I are teaming up to, you know, make right on sports a household term. I love that. I love that. And I'm, I'm a big fan of the idea of the expansion, even into arts and music into other areas so that you're not, uh, you know, leaning on just maybe one set of interests from from kids out there. Um, you know, I myself was a sports kid. So sure, I would have been very, very, you know, acclimated to that and, and interested. But I'd love to, to get maybe a little more into the weeds even of how right on sports operates and how, you know, for our audiences, you know, educational sake, uh, how would somebody get involved with right on sports, you know, and get their children involved to be kind of a beneficiary of the of the charitable organization's efforts? So Right on Sports, we have a website, www.rightonsports.org, and pretty much everything is on that site. So it talks a lot about who we are, why we are, um, gives examples of the camps that we run. Right on Sports runs a series of summer camps, after school programs, and workshops for our past participants. We are also starting a mentoring component. So for students that have been involved in Right on Sports from the time they've been in it in middle school all the way through college, they could come back and ask for mentorship from one of our literary ambassadors. Our literary ambassadors are actual journalists. Um, so we don't want to just help a kid for two weeks and forget they ever exist. Our goal is to be a steward and a mentor for these kids and their writing as they travel through their educational career, at least until college. Um, so 
we, like I said, we have programs in New Jersey. We have programs all over. We are also very open to starting new programs. We were contacted by people in California who saw our program and said, hey, come to Berkeley. We love this. We want you to start it there. And we went to Berkeley and we started the program there. So for people that are listening that might be interested, it's you don't just have to be interested in our current programs. We're happy to start a conversation about starting our program anywhere. And I would invite everybody to look at our website, see what we're all about, donate money, help us get to the next step. I mean, it's it's a great organization. It's a really exciting organization because it has a lot of unfulfilled potential. So it'll be it's exciting to be a part of seeing that potential fulfilled. Well, that's fantastic, Mary Ellen, and and I, I love uh, I love where the expansion efforts have already taken you, and are, are likely going to continue taking the organization forward. Uh, Frank, oh, you know we talk about intent being such an important part of charitable giving efforts, whether you are, let's say those folks out in Berkeley that reached out to help on maybe let's say in a more organizational level or, you know, a donor level, shall we say, Frank, I, you know, as we're kind of bringing our conversation to a head, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't reiterate that importance of the intent. Would you care to mention to our audience today, kind of the conversations that you have with your clients when you're going through this idea of intent and why it's so important when you're going about going through a charitable giving effort, let's say, rather than just utilizing it as maybe, let's say, a tax advantage, why the intent is is equally or more important there? Yeah, they're like two two different vectors that contribute. Some of them, um, it, they all begin with a discovery. And our discovery is about seven parts where we talk about values. That's the first part. And sometimes the first question is, you know, what does wealth mean to you? Um, opens up the floodgates of what people really think and feel about their wealth and what they want to do with it. And then we segue into goals uh, followed by relationships that are impacted. We get a sense of their assets and liabilities. We get to know who their advisors are and then what their personal interests are. Um, as I said in the beginning, the four components of, of wealth management includes charity, and the C word sometimes puts people on guard because they think charity belongs at home, and it does. Um, there's tax and advance planning, there's protection, and there's transference of wealth. And what a lot of people don't know, they may be somewhat charitably inclined, but if they're looking to improve their retirement or their estate or lower their taxes, when you show them the variety of um, vehicles that you can use, it's not just a benefit to the charity that you love, it's also enhancing their wealth. That's why you see so many sports programs and red carpet events that people are making big donations is because there's more to it than just the cause. We like people who have charitable intent first because that's what makes it real, it's what makes impact, it's what keeps you in the game. And I think where Mary Ellen and I have aligned is that we're not all talk. You know, we we put our energies and our money um, where it's needed. Uh, we can't do it alone. So you need people with good intention um, to make it work. And it just, I always believe that 
what you give comes back to you in in different forms. So um, so I think by getting involved as a component of your wealth management, having some philanthropic uh, tendency, whether it's with your surplus or whether it's a tax choice, I really think that everybody needs to have some component of giving. Of course, of course. And and Frank, for anybody out there that is interested in that discovery process, you mentioned going through that conversation with you and figuring out what angle of giving would be best for them and their financial world, what would be the best way they can get in touch with you and your team to just open up that dialogue? I think, the, as Mary Ellen said, the website is one good approach. Um, you know, we do have people answering the phone. Um, but it's really not a, um, it's the type of thing that comes up in conversation first. So if there's an opportunity, don't be hesitant to approach us because there's many different ways of being philanthropic and um, sweat equity counts, <laughs> but also um, knowing the different channels that you can fund your, your investments uh, is, is, is eye-opening to the people who have no idea. So give us a call, you know, get our website and uh, we'll direct you. And I've even done this for other advisors from competitive firms. So if there's a lack in knowledge of how to do this, um, it does take a little bit of commitment, um, but it's worth it for other advisors and other, you know, organizations to start to add this as part of their, um, you know, list of services. Of course, of course. Well, I appreciate that, Frank. And, and Mary Ellen, one final time for our audience, you know, if anybody's interested in learning more about Right on Sports or getting involved in any way, shape or form, what's the best way somebody could get in touch with you or rather just get in touch with the organization at large? Um, I, I would say info at Right on Sports is our general info at rightonsports.org. I'm sorry, is our general information line. And you could ask questions. You could volunteer your time. Um, my name is Mary Ellen Salamone. You could ask for me specifically, and I will reach back out to you. Um, we have different video opportunities that we often post online for you to watch some of the things that we actually do. I would invite people to go on social media. You could reach us through social media. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we are on LinkedIn. Um, there's a lot of information that goes through our social media pages, the day-to-day -day work that we do and our interactions with students. So I would 100% recommend you check on us out on social. Um, I will answer you if you do. Just say, just say, I heard Mary Ellen and I'm on social now and I promise you I will get right back to you. Um, any I, I would invite anybody to learn more about us. It's a great organization and it, it serves a lot of kids. It, it is super worthwhile. Oh, that's great. Well, again, Mary Ellen and Frank, I both appreciate you and your time, uh, you know, from carving time out from your clients and, and jumping on the show here today to talk through right on sports and your respective experiences and charitable giving. And uh, Mary Ellen, hopefully we'll have to have you back on the show down the road and check in on you, see how the organization's going. Yeah, that's great. Thank you very much. I look forward to it. Of it's course, all good. I'm Thank you both. 
Of course, of course. And hey, look, folks, we want to take one final moment, as we always do, and thank you all for stopping by and spending some time with us on the podcast here today. If you did take anything away from today's discussion with Mary Ellen Salomon and Frank, benefiting uh, in this conversation any way, shape, or form, we'll make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button then on whichever platform that you did check us out on today. That way you never miss out on a future conversation where Frank and I sit down and we talk about a different component of wealth management. Obviously, today's conversation heavily involved in the charitable intent side of things but we'll be back next you know next time with uh, maybe another avenue of wealth planning before frank and mary ellen i'm ryan we're gonna go ahead and say so long now but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on wisdom and wealth Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. The Astorino Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide legal or tax advice or services. Please consult your legal or tax advisor regarding your specific situation. LPL Financial Representatives offer access to trust services through the private trust company NA, an affiliate of LPL Financial.